Welcome. This is the Seek Coach podcast, a podcast exploring the Seek principles and how to live them in the 21st century. Welcome to the Seek Coach podcast, a podcast sponsored by Kalsa 69 Watches, which was founded in 2019 and inspired by the 320th anniversary of the founding of the revered Kalsa movement. Each Kalsa 1699 watch carries the Kandasaib, and with it, its powerful and exotic history, a magical martial heritage, and a statement like no other. To wear a Kalsa 1699 timepiece is to embody the spirit of freedom, to be free from hate and fear. Do check out the range of watches which are available for both male and females, and they also deliver internationally. Do check them out at Kalsa1699watches.com. Welcome to another episode of the Seek Coach podcast. Today we have Minreet Kaur. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Brilliant. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. You said my name right. Well done. It's yeah, normally Minreet. I, <laughs> I was practicing for days because I kept saying Minreet. So yeah, everybody listening, it's not Minreet, it's Minreet. <laughs> yeah, or, or Manreet, Man, Man. They think I'm a man. I'm forever correcting my name because since that that movie Avatar came out oh yeah all my emails hi Avatar sign up yeah <laughs> Avatar can help you but sometimes you know I'll get annoyed and say I am not blue and I'm not an alien so yeah, you know, exactly um, but you know what can I say your name Avatar my judger um so my dad's brother who we lost but was so funny the funniest person ever I love the name of God okay. just because of my judger yeah he's just such a just such a character so I love that name so I'd never get it wrong okay <laughs> I spent most of my younger years thinking that I've hardly any I've not heard of many of stars no and I thought oh, I didn't really like his name because someone else chosen for it and then when I went to university it was like 10 avatars and I was like whoa this is like this is a common this is such a common yeah, exactly it is it is that you're right it is now but back in the day it wasn't was it yeah. But it's a uni- look, it's good to have a unique name. No one's called Minri, I don't think. Yeah, I've not, I've not, actually, I've not heard anybody called Minri. No. Yeah. There you go. What does it mean? Yeah. No, I think, uh, what, should I tell you the story behind it? I'll tell you why on. I don't know it's got to mean. This is really funny, okay? So my, I've got a brother and his name is Mickneet. So they got, my mum and dad got the initial from the Guru Granth Sahib and um, they, again, they made up that name. I've no idea where that came from. <laughs> they clearly were really lazy when it came to mine. They still kept the M and they just named me Minreet. So I hated, <laughs> I hate that. Actually, did I know? I didn't mind Minreet. My home name is Mina. And so mum and dad named me Mina because of, do you remember the actress Mina Kamari? I don't remember her. Yes, yes, I remember. They named me after. I thought, yeah. oh God, I hate this home name. I don't <laughs> mind Minreet, but then everybody gets that wrong. So then it went to Min and now it's just like, you know what, just call me what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's the, yes, I don't know what it means. Good question. I don't know if it has a meaning, but we could always it's make one up. Age of, age of convenience it was, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. So um, I guess... You can explain what you do, but from searching on the internet, as it's a brilliant thing, there's many, many hats you wear. So you can correct which, are these, which of these are still correct. So it says actor, extra, model, photographer, teacher, choreographer, makeup artist, TV presenter, radio presenter, journalist, and henna artist. Okay. 
So, I have to remember all of it. I was like, whoa. So, That's hard so, to <laughs> The, the modelling thing was when I was doing some extra work and you had to put yourself down for all the things that you can do. And okay. I had done that. My mum and dad had put me forward for lots of uh, modelling competitions when I was younger. I think I only won one, right? <laughs> because we are... <laughs> well, we're in that era now where diversity exists but it clearly didn't then right and they were putting me forward for it at the time where I'm never going to get anywhere um so now no so and I, and I did start doing some radio presenting back in 1999 it was Star FM and do you remember a channel called Asian Net and there was a program called Hindi Mix or something I presented that so that was really really old school like back in 1999 or 2000 right. When I was younger, my dad used to say to me, why don't you apply to Blue Peter? They're looking for presenters. But I thought, and I was having this conversation with my mum today, actually, when we went for a walk. Yes. And, and it is because of where I am in my career. So now, yes, I am training to be a journalist, but I have done some TV work and radio, et cetera. But obviously I'm like, how many years late? So I was having this conversation with my mum and she goes, your dad used to always say to you, Blue Peter are looking for presenters. She goes, but you weren't interested. Mm. And so I said, but what was it? Why was I not interested? She goes, I don't know. She goes, either it's because you just, I don't know, you just didn't want to do it. Or I think it was because of the color of my skin. I thought, what's the point in applying? I'm never going to get there. And so she goes, if you had applied then, you never know, you might've been where you want to be now. So it's funny. It's really funny because when I stopped doing the radio presenting and the TV, I went into marketing and I hated it, but I stayed there. And actually I cannot even think, and I really have no answer for this. And maybe this is just, it could just be a midlife crisis, right? (laughs) I've no idea how I ended up taking the, the step of getting into where I have now, apart from the fact that back in 2015, I started presenting at Seek Channel and that was me doing a breakfast show on the weekend that then grew into doing live broadcasting, um, and what was really funny, it's not funny, but you know when the terror attack took place, and what's funny about me, I'm laughing at myself, is I went there with the cameraman and I had no script and I literally had to do breaking news. Wow. And, I'm, and I'm laughing now because I'm laughing at myself, right? There was two incidents where they sent me on this job to do breaking news. And, and I think, I look at BBC and Sky, I mean, they would never do that. I just went there. I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and I remember, and I remember uncle saying to me, Min, you've said this wrong. He said, but do you know what? I did it. In the end, it was fine. And there was one time, I think, where we had to go to London and they had a lot of people had um, had the candles that they were lighting. And I think for two hours, they had me on air and I was talking back to somebody back in Birmingham. Yes. And I remember that uncle kept saying, and I'm thinking, uncle, I've just told you, like, seriously, I cannot, I know I can talk, but I really can't keep talking. But we ended up doing it. <laughs> And it ended up being such a good program and I think that's when I thought you know what there's got to be more for, like for me to be able to I really enjoy what I do yeah. and it's and it's a challenge and you know that that adrenaline on those two days I, you know what I just can't explain so I think that's when I thought people kept saying to me as well they said Min you know what your show gets watched quite a bit you've got that personality you just be you you don't pretend to be someone else why don't you apply for places like mainstream and that was it at the end of 2017 I reached out to the BBC and one of the editors came back to me. He was in local radio and he was really lovely. I actually reached out to him to say, how can I help you bring more stories from my community? Because you don't do enough. And when you do, you get it wrong. So I said, can I help you with some ideas and guests? He said, yeah. He goes, but where would you want to work? Like, what would you like to do? I said, to be fair, I've always wanted to work for the BBC, but I've never pursued it. 
and that was it you know what he literally he was and he was white so it's not even somebody from the community he helped me to get that break um and and I think from there the rest of it was just hard work determination perseverance having my faith and knocking on those doors and not taking no for an answer and I still don't feel where I am is where I want to be there's so much more I want to do but I want to do that to be able to help others. So yeah, I'm right now I'm I'm working as a freelance journalist at the BBC. We'll be doing some stuff with Sky as well. Um, wow. And yeah, just going to see where that goes really. Wow. That's, re- that's really inspiring and impressive actually. So, so I guess the, the marketing thing you said, you know, you, you did it and it's easy to know what you don't want to do. So yeah, <laughs> I, I hated it. Keep on knowing that. I don't, I don't want to do this. There's no. more to life than that. And do you know what's really funny, right? My mum said, so I, I did marketing for 11 years and I worked for some really good companies, companies that people probably would love to work for. So GlaxoSmithKline, Apple, L'Oreal, Procter & Gamble, Sony. Wow, um, yeah, really really big companies, okay? Who Where you think oh, you would love it. I think I love the vibe. I just hated marketing because I think, you know, when you're working for a corporate, you're only really working to drive their sales but what are they doing for others nothing and my mum pointed this out to me she said ever since you've been freelancing at the BBC she goes even though you're not working regularly even though you're you're day to day you don't know what you're doing as you don't know where you're going to be you don't know what hours you're doing she goes you never moan but when whenever you were in that marketing job she goes I remember used to go from job to job job to job she goes you never complain and she so and that's when she said she goes so you must love what you do and I said yeah I do and I think the thing that I love about my job is that I actually get to tell real stories because I've got a story of my own you know and and we can talk about that later but I know that I've never had that voice because in our community I know things are changing you know women don't really they don't really get heard yeah things are different now but they don't and it's people like yourself right and other good people in the community who give women that platform and are helping us to come forward. I think that this is what we need. And I didn't have that then. So I think that's why I love what I do. If I can help other people to share their stories, then why not? Everyone's got a story to tell. Let's get them heard. Let's get people talking. And maybe mental health and depression wouldn't be such a problem because if you know someone else has gone through it, then you're not going to feel as if it's just you. Exactly. And um, I mean, I've I've had a couple of mental health organizations on, particularly who help the South Asian community. And the the, the key theme that kept coming out about the South Asian community was we are a story-based story-based community. You know, all of our um, history is portrayed in story, you know, drama, yes. all that stuff. And we resonate with stories. Yeah. We, you know, and, and each of us, I mean, we, we see this now on a motivational platform where, you know, we learn from other people's stories because that's how you get depth and you can see the, the lessons and how somebody's got through something. Yeah. And it feels human then, doesn't it? Because it does. theory is theory, you know, you go to it until you apply it and you yeah. fall down and you pick up and you work out what, how life is, you, you improve. So, so yeah, I think that, I think that's amazing that, you know, you, you've, you're focusing on the value that, we didn't see in our, you know, as growing no. up or the, the generations previously as well. Yeah. We're trying to then now rectify that or, you know, this, escalate it and bring it yeah. back to where it should be. Yeah. So it's really commendable, you know, to, to do that. Because I think that's the thing you, I feel, and I think you're like this as well, as we were talking before, but it's about giving back. I feel we have a purpose in life. We're here for a reason. And, you know, Siki, it teaches us in itself, right? Good and Devji's message was we don't live for ourselves. We're here to serve others. And I think if my job is doing that 
and whether that's good or bad some people may say oh they're really controversial stories yeah because my, not everyone's not all of my stories are going to please people but at the same time I think if we keep painting our community as if we're 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 so amazing yeah but we're not everyone has problems right so I don't look at it as a bad way I just look at it like there is a story to share and maybe through sharing it things may get better instead of brushing it under the carpet because that's what my parents or that generation did did it get better not really if anything it's caused more problems and yeah, especially yeah. with yeah don't you think yeah definitely guess what I mean if you think about it, it just and this is one, one thing I really um found challenging as a youngster growing up and talking about religion to parents yeah like you know when it got to a point be quiet you know like talk yeah. about that yeah. don't ask us to be done quite answer but you, you you're too young to know you know but if you think about it right our gurus were controversial exactly they established things that were controversial at their time probably enough to be killed you know yeah but totally take, take the practice of sati sati was something they did to um the the wives of the husbands that died they used yeah. to throw them on the funeral pyre and said right exactly. you must die with them that is controversial you know yeah, yeah. but they stood for those changes you know yeah. they, they went against ritualism they went against the the, the po- political status yeah. kings and stuff you know so we should not be uh, we, of all people Sikhs should not be the ones that shy away from talking i about know stuff because we we are it's, it's bred into our you know ethos really exactly but we somehow it's that it's that uh, veil of respect and, and you know that is the thing we we do things to please society which actually society don't really care about no i know once you, so- once you realize that they don't have any power over you exactly i do you know what this is the thing and i think this is fantastic that we're having this conversation because i'm sure there's other people out there who think like us and and they do where i am totally on the same page where i think i've seen the whole grown up with not saying anything staying quiet and now actually having a voice to be able to speak up and you're right society actually don't care because i remember you know when i got divorced and i have to admit it was really hard to talk about because you were judged, you were labelled. And in fact, it's really hard for my parents because we didn't really know anyone else that was divorced. So I think I've seen that where I didn't talk about it. It was really embarrassing to tell people that you were divorced. But since I've spoken out about it, I'm like, I don't actually really care. You know what? If somebody's going to judge me, right, for being divorced or it's an issue, the problem's with them because our faith and our gurus don't judge anyone. And I'm not here to please society. I'm here to please my gurus and the message of what is in the Guru Granth Sahib Ji, which is all about love, right? It's about love, compassion. It's about being kind. So you are 100% right. Society are not going to care in the end. And if you make that stand and you speak up for yourself and stand up for yourself, I'm not really bothered if people don't like me because I'm not here to be liked by people. What are we here for? We're here to serve, right? We're here for our, to do the right thing according to what Gurbani teaches us. And that can be perceived in different ways by different people. So I, yeah, I agree with you. Do you know what? You're hundred percent right. We should definitely not be that community or that faith that kind of shies away from speaking the truth. And there is no harm in speaking the truth because everyone, look, Guru Nanak Devji said it, right? Nanak Dukhiya Sab Sansar. So why do we pretend that we're all happy? I don't. Do you know what? I mean, I, I say about my divorce. I, I mean, I've even got a situation in my family where 
that our parents do so much for us as children, right? And there are lots of children out there who will abuse their parents, you know, will just use them for finances and not really give that respect back. I care because I know my parents have been through it. So I think by talking about it, you're definitely, you're a step in the right direction rather than brushing it under the carpet because what will other people think? I don't really care what other people think. I think I care about what my guru thinks, right? And if you're speaking the truth, I don't think I'm going to get judged and labelled for it, right? (laughs) And there is a, there's a lot, there's a lot in our, lot. There's so much in our community that needs to be unpacked and talked yeah. about, you know. And we're we're still shying away from it. Yeah. And I think it is changing now because a lot of, you know, if you, if you just look on online now, you know, with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, yeah. you know, that's opened up a lot of communities to start self-reflecting and yeah, you know, um, grassroots organisations are now highlighting the gender biases, the you know, the issues about not accepting LGBT. Plus, you know what I mean? Exactly. The groups like that who are alienated even in yeah. you know, communities like the Sikh community and other religious uh, yes, communities as well. So there's so much sort of self-reflection we need to do as a community. And I think keeping platforms open like this and other ones as well Definitely. is the way you drive forward those conversations because, you know, they just need to be, they just need to be had. And yeah. People can agree with it, not agree with it, take the time to come around to it or not come around to it, but at least it's there. Exactly. As as you know, it deserves that that airtime, and that's that's the, that's the thing. Um, so I guess your your parents saw something. You know, they, they had a different mindset. You know, you said they they pushed you for the modeling thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue Peter stuff. You know, you know, I've not heard of many parents in that generation that did that. So no. they saw something in you, I guess, that you didn't see in yourself. Earlier. No, and that that is actually one thing about my parents. Even though they were very strict but they pushed me towards going into a media career, which you're right, is so unheard of. Mm. So I have no idea. My dad, I have no idea actually, because my dad was really, really strict with us. So it's quite a positive that he did. I think, yeah, I didn't see it myself. Or I think I didn't really feel very confident at the time because when I was growing up at school, I got bullied, right? You're going to laugh at this. You know, my ears here, everyone used to call me Dumbo. And then because of my mole, I used to get called Moly and Dumbo at school. And I think I just did not have the confidence. I thought, how the hell am I ever going to get into Blue Peter? But you know, when you're a child and you've been bullied, because I'm sure many people have, it is, it's a horrible place to be because you kind of think I'm not good enough. And I think I've still had that in me because then I went through my divorce and then I had the situation with my brother where you've really been bullied in your life, right? My turning point probably was after I got divorced, which is in 2009, 2010. So yeah, before that, I didn't see anything. And then I thought, hold on a minute, actually women should be coming forward. We should be independent. You know, we shouldn't have to rely on having a husband to be able to, so Yeah, no, I didn't. And my parents did. They were really good, actually. That was really good of them to say go forward. And they've been so supportive ever since. I mean, they they don't they they are totally encouraging and really supportive. That is actually quite nice to see. You know, my dad's an Amaradari and he doesn't sit there and think, oh, no, I don't want my daughter to be in the media. He's really funny, actually. He goes, if you're going to do controversial stories, if anyone says anything to you, yeah, send them to me. I was like, all right, dad. <laughs> he's like you know what he goes never be afraid of speaking the truth and he's right though because he goes there's problems in our community why do we need to hide them why do we need to do that just speak about them no one's going to judge you but yeah so they're really supportive like that my mum gets scared she's like oh do you really want to be doing that story but my dad's like don't worry about it just just do what you gotta do (laughs) he's got your back so you don't have to worry about it (laughs) you'll just skip (laughs) It'll be like, right, uh, skipping challenge. Whoever That's wins, it. Who, who <laughs> win, hands exactly, down. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. 
there's, things, there's two things that you touched on, like bullying. Uh, that's such a big issue, and I, and I and I I think so many people experience that and it impacts you for a lot of your life as yeah. well. Frankly, insecurities. Then the other thing you mentioned around, you know, the blue Peter and not not being able to vision yourself as somebody on that show because you don't see anybody like you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is such an untapped conversation. I was reflecting on it recently. You know, as a child, I used to dream of being a white hero in my dreams. Okay. Because of seeing James Bond, your Superman. You know, I didn't envisage, envisage me as a brown person being that hero. In my visions and dreams used to be, I had to be white to be white. You know, and I think that plays such a big impact in our um potential of seeing ourselves doing certain things in visions you see what i mean so now yeah. you know we're, we're i'm 40 you know 40 but only now we're we talking about bane being represented more in mainstream movies and all that sort of stuff yeah. but there's a whole lot of untapped potential because people could not see themselves as that yeah and that is something i don't think that people have talked a lot about no and they don't and you and i'm glad that you said that because that's exactly how i still feel so even though i'm in the industry that i'm in I still feel oh, I've got to be like that white colleague or I've got to be, or now it's great about the Black Lives Matter, but also they are getting much more preference. So hold on, I kind of think, well, where's that Asian Lives Matter? You know, when you, and you feel, you do feel, oh God, you know, I, and I need to be like that person or I need to be like them. And you are right. But actually, you don't have to be like them because the more and more people I speak to in the industry, and this is probably more Sky, who I think are really, really caring and are really big on diversity, who say, no, you don't. You just need to be you. But you are right. We're having this conversation at 40, right? I'm going to be like, I'm going to be 40 later this year. And I think I'm not nowhere near where I would like to be. Same as you dreaming that you're a white character. And it is it is definitely something we need to talk about a lot more. But I also think you know what, we should actually push a lot more because I'm not really pushy in terms of, I knock on doors, but if someone says to me, no, I kind of think, oh, you know what, it's fine. I'm not going to keep knocking on that door until I had a conversation with Gillian Joseph, who's the Sky News presenter. And she said to me on Friday, one thing she said to me, she said, look, you've got to ask yourself, do you want this? And she goes, and if the answer to that is yes, then she goes, don't worry about the nose. You need to go back on that door, back knocking on that door, and you need to knock the doors down. Not wait for that door to open. You need to knock those doors down because she goes, why is it that you don't feel that you're good enough to be where other people are? Why do you feel that? Why do you feel that you have to be, for example, Anita Rani or Tina Tahili? Like I was saying to her that this is how I feel that I've got to be like them. And she goes, no, but you just need to be you, that there's a place for everyone out there and we shouldn't feel that we don't belong there. So my mind has actually changed since Friday. And I've thought, yeah, you're right. You know what? We, we deserve to be just as much representing. People need to see us on the TV or do or on the radio or out there in this, in the media world, podcasting, you know, and having conversations with people to be able to, for other people to think, hold on, I deserve a place there because we never had that. So I think we need to pave that way for others because if we give up, what's the other generation going to do? They're going to give up too. So I, on my advice, and this is to you and to everyone, you know what, if you're thinking about giving up, yeah, think about it for that day, but get over it because I've been there myself, right? And I'm not going to give up. So you shouldn't give up either. We cannot give up because if we give up, honestly, people younger than us will give up because that's exactly why when we were younger, we thought there's no one there like us. 
yeah. we're not going to make it because that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm brown. I'm never going to make it. Forget it. And I shouldn't have had that attitude. I should have thought, no, you know what? I'm just as much good enough to be able to get there. So yeah, you know, it, I, I agree. We Everyone keeps having these conversations about diversity. The media are saying it themselves. I don't know if it's just a tick box for them, but we just need to push the way forward because we, we can, you know, we have got so much to offer yeah. and so many great stories that we've just got to fight for it. You know, we have to fight for it and we cannot give up. There is no word of giving up, especially as Sikhs. Yeah, we don't give up, right? We definitely don't. It's normal for us. Yeah, that's it. And I think this is a 100% agree with everything you say. I think every, is once you realize you have a unique worth, nobody else can replicate what you do. Exactly. Then, then you become the hero of your story, basically. 100%. And I think um, the empowerment, what I felt was right. So I'm a content creator. So I started making myself the hero of my own content. And I thought that was, a, so I did this video to celebrate my 40th birthday and I selected a Mission Impossible theme and I was the center of attention. Being a secret agent, getting you know, suited and booted on the way to some secret location where my wife is going to take me for my birthday for a boat cruise. And you know what? And I, and I, and I then realized, I mean, a couple of years ago, I sort of woke up to the fact that, right, I deserve to be here. I deserve to be the best. I know I have the capability. I will knock and do what I need to do to get to where I was. But then, you know, when I started creating that, I realized then the empowerment, you create your own story. Nobody else is experiencing life through your lens. So then that means automatically you are the main character of your story. Do what you need to do and become what you want to become. There's no limits. It's like you say, people think that certain people are special, right? And they have this born... To tendency and I think that may be the infrastructure or the support available to them or just naturally may come to them but all it is is opportunities yeah. and the more you create the opportunities the more you will find them presented to you and more chance you will get to get them or to learn something from somebody to then go and find another opportunity that's it and that's it that is it I think I was thinking the other day if I wanted to put it down to one simple rule yeah it's just find those opportunities and you will live, we're living in a world where we, we can do it all on our phone and sitting in bed we don't have to go anywhere exactly sitting in your pajama right get your phone <laughs> yeah, out right you know what I mean <laughs> pressing a little button you don't have to press a button you should just say Siri Google whatever find so and so go on LinkedIn connect to them and tweet somebody or you know message it's just unbelievably I, I just can't get over you know get to grow up in the library the research topics or science or whatever yeah somebody would have ripped out the pages and that's it you know nothing yeah. else <laughs> i know now it's uh, the it's enablement is just amazing and your content you know what can i just say right and this is for everyone you know who's listening your content is brilliant can i just say you a digital is going to be the way forward right it is going to be the the world is going to be all around digital i'm definitely not there yet i need to stick to what i do now right it's moving too fast your content is brilliant it's so professional it's so engaging you and your wife both of you i I, i'm actually inspired by you both and do you know what genuinely right you guys are just you're such a lovely family and i feel quite proud when i meet Sikh people like yourself i feel really proud of and i think you know what they're really inspiring so you are paving the way so that's brilliant thank you yeah i feel um maybe we need to collaborate then you've got the, you've got to con you i'll create the content you do the stories exactly yeah i think that's what we should do definitely because i think that it that is it i can I can think of ideas and think I'm just not good at the digital. So I'm not very technical, but I'm just being lazy because you know I'm saying you can't do it. You can do it. I'm being lazy and learning it. But your content is really good. Honestly, keep it up. 
Thank it you. is really, really good. I'm going to look at it even more now and come back <laughs> to you and try, and try and find something to critique, but I can't because it's really good. You have to throw some ideas and concepts yeah. out there, what we can do. Brilliant. That's amazing. So, so yeah, that's been some of your journey. So you've started off on the radio, then you got your break for BBC and now Sky. And you, your you know, lockdown was a particular challenge for everybody. And, you know, it was such a negative period that, you know, it's doom and gloom. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? You've got yeah. to stay at home. No, one's, no one had anything like that before to sort of relate to. Yeah. But you found positivity in that which is amazing. And we found like, you know, other positivity with Captain, you know, more doing these NHS thing. And I think that was the beauty of that period, actually. People were looking for those positive gems of news and you know, media is normally doom and gloom. Oh God! But how did the concept of you wanting to highlight, um, you know, your father and the, the invention of skipping Sikh, you know, and, and highlighting other people in other faiths as well. You were yeah. very active in that. How did that come oh. about? Oh man, you know what? Shall I tell you, this is so funny. It's just too funny. So we, okay, so being in the, being a journalist, I was at Channel 4 at the time. I remember seeing um, some work experience and I was watching the news. This is just before COVID, right? And I was watching the news and it was really bad in China and then it was in Italy. And I remember having this conversation with mum and dad. My mum works for Harrods at the airport. And I said to her, I said, mum, it's going to come here. And when it comes, it's going to come very fast. I said, this is going to show. I was predicting everything without even, because I was in the news industry, right? And I thought, God, this is so depressing. But then I thought, you know, there's part of me is thinking, actually, I'm predicting all of this, but Sikhi teaches us about hukam and faith. And how do I know what's really going to happen? And do you know what was really funny? It actually did happen. Every I, was, I remember saying to my mum, Heathrow is going to close. I said, you're no longer going to be going to work. She goes, no, that's never going to happen. I said, mum, trust me, yeah? dad's park run is going to stop. He's <laughs> not going to be. But it was so funny because I remembered. And then anyway, then. I really felt that I was. And anyway, so I stopped working. I literally stopped working, I think, a week or two weeks before lockdown happened. Because obviously I live with elderly parents. Mum's Mum was off anyway, but she was really looking forward to going back to work my dad's park run had stopped and the buggy driving had stopped he's a volunteer buggy driver at Osterley Park that had stopped and um anyway and, and I remember I had stopped working I was watching the news and I said to, and then my mum went in I think it was on the 20th or the 22nd of March I remember that Friday I'd, I had still gone to the gym and I was a bit weary about I don't really want to go to the gym and I remember going in and my mum calls me she goes you won't believe this but Harrods is closing today at the airport. I said, I told you. <laughs> so anyway, so she comes home. And then that next week, that first week into lockdown, we were watching the news. And I work, you know, I work for the BBC, obviously now for Sky. Honestly, I never sit there and watch the news as much as what I did that week, okay? We sat there and we were watching it. And that was really depressing, okay? It, it, it really affected me. That's when I thought, oh my gosh, I work in this industry. I'm glued to the screen. This, yeah, If I'm feeling like this, how are my mum and dad going to feel? And I think it was one week into lockdown and one morning I woke up and literally, I don't know, maybe I'd seen people doing the push-up challenge. Everyone was doing the push-up challenge. And this is what happened. I woke up in the morning, I was going down the stairs and I just had this idea, the skipping challenge. Let's just get my dad to do it and it would be a community thing. Literally was nothing else. So I said to my dad, I said, look, we're going to go to the allotment 
should we just start the skipping challenge? You skip, I'll film it, and we'll get other people to skip. He said, fine, because he skips anyway. Filmed him, and honestly, that was it. Tweeted that video that day when I got back. It was a 20-second video, filmed it on my phone. I could not believe I was on my course in the evening from home and that was a three hour course. And I was do I was on my course. I kept looking at my phone at Twitter and I haven't got a massive following and it was going up from 5,000 to 10,000 to 20,000. By the next morning, it had 35,000 views on wow. Twitter. And I then sent it to Sky because I was, I was actually going to go into Sky prior COVID for, for a couple of weeks, sent it to the editor. And the next day Sky published it for me online. And then we saw Captain Tom Moore. I think that was happening. Captain, and mum goes, you know, why don't we set up a fundraiser for the NHS? And his video just, that was it. Then he did a, um, he did a, you know, the, the bar where you do the, the, the push-up bar or whatever, and you, the chin-up bar, you'll probably no. know. Yeah. He, he's got that at home, but he doesn't really do it. He hadn't done it for ages. When I told him about the video, I said, look, I said to him, I said, Dad, you know what? You've actually inspired so many people. We just got to carry this on now because clearly everyone just loves seeing you. Yes. He goes, okay, my art exercise garden. So we did that exercise. Then we had a tyre. My dad's got a tyre in the back yeah, garden. He, he's a hoarder. He collects everything, right? <laughs> now I know why. I said, you know what? Should we pick the tyre? He goes, okay, Tika, you know, he picked up the tyre. Then he's got his spring. And literally, do you know what? I honestly, to this day, I say to everybody, right, it was Vaiguji's Gedpa. You know, God put that idea in my head. That wasn't me. I'm not very good. I do come up with ideas, but I'm not very good, right, compared to some journalists. And that was, I think, that was it. I'm so grateful to to my faith and that, that you know, having that connection where this idea came from God. I literally, am, I don't thank myself. I did nothing. That idea came in my head and and you know, I think that was it. My dad's a Namrathari. He's never been somebody who's wanted media. He's never wanted publicity. He's kept it. I mean, he says it in all his interviews. I never tell anyone. And I said, you know what, dad, this is the seva though. You shouldn't be keeping it to yourself. You should share it with others. And that's what happened. People started exercising. People were looking for skipping ropes. My mum started skipping. I could not believe, do you know when I talk about it even now, when I think about it, I, you know what, I, I cannot believe it. I'm actually lost for words that, I feel Vaikuru gave us the best seva ever. And I will never forget that. Do you know what? I I didn't even feel we were in COVID. That's how much my time was busy with his videos, interviews. But the best thing out of this that makes me smile, right, is the number of people that started exercising and were motivated by a 73-year-old man. You know, that it's just so amazing. The impact, yeah. Seeing the results. And my mum's saying, what are you saying, mum? The cakes. The cakes. There you go. She's in the background there. She goes, on the cakes. And then anyway, off the back of that was the cakes. You know, she started baking eggless cakes yeah. Yeah. for COVID I thought, heroes. I followed the whole story from the beginning because I, I remember the first, when it came out, it's like coming out viral and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And it's like the momentum just kept it going. Yeah. You know? And you saw... And then, you know, people gifting things to your father and yeah. you know, some of the organizations, I know of a few, Barclays and Halfords gifted him a bike and stuff, but I can just imagine, like, your dad must be thinking, oh my God, I don't want any of yeah. <laughs> I'm getting more and more and more. The more I say I don't want it, the more I get it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I think that was it. A man like him, who, because I joke about it with him, right? Because I'm in the media and I want to present and I want to do more. He does, he's not interested. I said, it's funny, you've made it. I've become your producer. And 
and I've said the same with my mum. My mum, my mum, my mum always says, "I don't want to be on the TV," but it's so funny because they are characters that actually don't want to be, and I keep pushing them. <laughs> so I said, I keep kept teasing my mum when she made the eggless cakes as well. I said, "Mum, they they want you to do it coming to MasterChef, right?" I said, "I'll be your producer." She goes, "I don't want to be on the TV," but it's so funny that it is true. They don't want it, but they're getting that publicity. But I think they deserve it because they are so humble but they are inspiring other people's parents. And I think it's nice to have, you know, we say about representing from our generation, yes. we need people like them so that more parents think, oh, I want to get involved. I want to do this. So yeah, no, it was, do you know what? Shall I tell you, it's a blessing and I'm so thankful. And I think it's because of the fact that my dad always does his, like his meditation or his bard whenever he's exercising. Yes. So I think this was Guru Nanak Devji's way of saying, this is your seva now and you've mm. got to do it. So yeah, and he's still doing it now. He's, he, he loves his cycling, he goes out on his bike. And so it's quite nice because his bike got nicked. That was the nice yeah. thing. His bike got stolen by somebody years ago and he was so upset about it. And now look, he's gone and, you know, given a brand new bike. So <laughs> thanks to Halford for that. And Barclays for the, the rope that counts. Rope, yeah. so tour, tour de France, here we come. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. That'll be the next thing. Why not? But then I think the amazing thing was like, you almost, your work then became a family thing. Like, you yeah. know, your passion became wider than just you and, and your parents can play a part. You know, not many people can say that. I mean, me and my wife are in social media together, so that's something that brings us together. But, you know, something that brings your parents in when, you know, a lot of people will be thinking that that's not much common ground, or but they become the heroes, you know, the unsung yeah. heroes. And I, and I love the, the point around celebrating unsung heroes with your mum and sort of delivering these nice things. It's almost like, you know, Stella Black's um, surprise, <laughs> surprise, but like, <laughs> in but like for, for good, you know, even better reason. Brilliant! I love Silla Black. That, I didn't even think of that. I'm going to tell my mum. And do you know what? That story I've got to share with you. So we, my mum and I, normally go on our walks together. And whenever we're walking, we're always thinking of ideas because I'm always doing a head in. Mum, have you got any ideas? <laughs> right? Have we got them? We're looking stories. So we were walking, and that this was really funny. I think it was the end of May. And I said to mum, I said, look, it's going to be the 1st of June. It was either 1st of June in a couple of days. I said, why don't we do, because the whole thing, even with my dad's fundraiser was we wanted to raise 13,000 because, you know, for us as Sikhs, it's a very special number. You know, as Guru Nanak Dev Ji, Sabkush Tera Tera Hana. And so I said to my mum, I said, well, why don't we do something for 13 days? So it set off being a 13-day challenge. And it was going to be one person per day. This is how it started. She'd bake some cakes because everyone was baking. As we know, we're stockpiling on flour and we couldn't get, I don't know if you could get any flour, but we couldn't. Yeah, we managed to cook some muffins, so a couple of batches of those. <laughs> yeah, right. So she started baking egg- eggless cakes because we don't, we try not to have egg. And obviously our Sikhs, you know, if you're Amrathadi and so my dad doesn't happen. So we just thought, okay, let's try and make some eggless cakes. And she makes really nice cakes. So the idea came, we thought, let's start off as 13 days. And then that ended up being, we. I think she must have baked about 55 cakes in 13 days wow. because it was more than one person per day. But the smiles on people's faces, I mean, there was one lady, 96-year-old auntie in the Sikh community who was totally in shock. She, she was looking at her daughter thinking, who's this cake for? And, you know, she's an unsung hero. She's making food for the homeless. Her stitching is amazing and she does so much. And her message was really powerful that our generation today don't really have that beard, you know, that, that mm. they, that they would just, that they do, which is, they yeah. just want to give back. And so it was really, really good. Like it, it was really, it was amazing actually just to see again, people's smiles and 
having a cake that and I decorated it with icing so I used the henna skills ah, to make it special cool. for them it's just so cool because it's it's only multi, multi it's, it's so multi-layered a it's um you know you're you're celebrating people who don't normally get celebrated but you're then celebrating their stories and bringing them out to the media as well you know which get lost yeah they do you know there's not enough people looking for the positivities of yeah. real people's hard work and sort of bringing those to the the limelight so i think uh, all of that was amazing actually and, and i think part of it's actually seva is like you say right the good dwarves closed down because of lockdown we no longer had a place of worship most of this turned to digital ways of yeah. learning but the concept of the good dwarves more than just a place where you go and do prayers and stuff you know it's a community kitchen yeah. but it's supposed to be a place of inspiring learning educating so you know what you've done with your parents is a concept of the gurdwara online you know oh. you inspired people to be fit to give back to to think of those people that don't usually get thanked yeah. you know it's hits on some of those so sort of basic principles that we focus on a seek so yeah well done Oh, thank you. It's all vicages get a word. Thank you. I want. Do you know what? My parents are central for my life. Like they really are. Because you know what? They they supported me through the most hardest times. You know, most parents would say, you know what? Go back and make that marriage work. Right? They've done so much that they are heroes. So for me, you know, when I first got into the industry, right? I remember when I first got into BBC. I used to. All, my mum said this to me. She goes, you used to always say. Oh, mum, I I don't want to get my break until I get you and dad on the TV, and it's amazing because they have been in a lot of my work. They were in the one show when I did a piece of Cost of Asian Weddings. They've been in Sunday Morning Live. Um, there's so much of my work that has gone on to you know, national TV, mm. and then this happened with my dad's story. And my mum said, "Because you, you've all, she goes, you've always been saying that I want a story to go viral." She goes, "Did you ever think it would be your dad?" <laughs> but I couldn't think of a better person. You know what? Your family are everything. You know, and your parents, especially parents, I always say this that. You know, they they should be the people that we take care of and do that seva for because life is so short. And those people that kind of spend it running around after competing or materialistic things, yeah. that time you have with your loved ones is the most important thing. And I feel, I really feel now that that seva is done because not that it's done as in I will continue my seva, but for my parents. Yes. I mean, I've had so many people say to me that the way that you are with your parents, not many people out there would do that. So I kind of feel like I just feel, you know, when you feel happy that you've done something, Yes. even though they not wanted it, I feel happy because I pushed them and they still don't want that coverage. But it's because I know the result for other people for their parents, you know, other parents will feel inspired. I remember I got a video, it was really funny. My friend sent me a video of an Uncle G and he was watching my dad's, like he was sitting there really like this, completely concentrating and watching my dad's thing. <laughs> I thought this is so funny because my dad would do the same if he saw somebody of his age. Yes. He'd be sitting there on his iPad watching it and I thought, how cute, you know? Like, that is, yeah. Get, yeah. like a, the reality of it where he, he would never have thought somebody else would be logging on and yeah. watching my video, but... You, it happens yeah yeah it's, it's amazing so yeah that's uh, beautiful so and i'm yeah, glad I mean, it's inspired i'm really glad it's inspired people that's all we wanted to do just make people smile and feel motivated it's definitely, it's definitely done that i think some people were saying that your dad's the, the new mr motivator uh, yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> yes <laughs> okay. yeah. got a new branding thing the seek uh, skipping seek uh, skipping seek motivator motivator exactly yeah we were hoping you know when things 
yeah we were hoping when things get a bit better and you know we'd love for you to be there for that as well we we're hoping to do a sukhmani sidebar at the gudwara but obviously it's limited at the moment with 30 people because of wedding so once things are better our what we really wanted to do was do a sukhmani sidebar and invite just everyone like you all the people that have supported yourself and all the the people that have really been touched by his story and really reached out and been so supportive do you know what I was thinking? There's no better place than calling them to the Gudra, pray together, eat together, sit together, and just to thank everyone because we are so grateful. You know, I know you're saying to us that we, you know, I don't feel we did anything, right? It's all why could just get by, but you're saying to us that, you know, it's really good what you did. If it wasn't for you guys and everyone that supported us, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have been able to do it because that love and support we got from everyone is what drove us to continue. So thank you. That's right. Um, I'm sure everybody's um, very, very pleased with actually, you know, your your parents getting 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 that limelight. You know, is well deserved, and I think it was the intentions are pure. I think that's the, the key focus of it. It was pure for other people. Maybe Thank we can maybe we can do a group skip after having langar or something. Just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good idea. We've got the skipping seat ropes coming soon, so you know that's a very good idea. It could be nice and distance because you can't be too close. When you're exactly. So I think perfect. we should. You can just go in an empty car park. Yeah, I think we should. The Godra is big enough, the car park is, isn't it? Yeah. We'll do that. In, we'll do real creative yeah, videos and stuff. Be, actually, we'll be coming to you. Time. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Definitely, let's do it. That would be brilliant. That would be excellent. So so all right, back to the journalism stuff. So now you're, you say you're not where you want to be yet. What's your vision? Was that still changing vision? I mean, one of the, I was listening to one of the podcasts you did. Um, I can't remember what it was. What was it called? It was um, one of the faith-based, faith faith and belief forum. Okay. In there, you said specifically, you're a free, freelance journalist, but you focus on communities and culture reporting and seek stories. So are you carving out a niche of what you want to be doing? Or is that a niche and part of the broader picture as well? So it's a niche of what I love to do, but I think it's not the only thing that I should do. I think I should be doing broader stories and and other stories, which are not just Sikh-based community stories. I love doing that, and it's my comfort zone, so it's what I'm used to. What would I like to do? To be fair, you know what? I would love to be able to be a presenter on The One Show or a BBC Breakfast presenter. That is my dream, and that's the goal, because I think in order to see change, we have to make that change ourselves. Yes. And I don't really see many diverse stories on the one show. You know, I managed to get one of my reports on there, but that was one and I haven't had one since. And they're not very diverse. They don't really delve into many of the BAME communities and BBC Breakfast. Okay. They can be, but I would love to be able to be on that sofa presenting because then I can come with the ideas. Mm. And when you're in that position, you know, people trust you more because they they realise that you know you've had to work hard to get there. So that is what I'm going to work towards. Again, I don't know because there, there isn't going to be much TV in ten years' time, and most people in the industry take about twenty years, and they're still not really where they want to be. So, do you know what I kind of think? I'm going to live each day as it comes. I mean, I never thought I would get this opportunity at Sky News, who are very different to the BBC and are so caring and they really liked me as a person. And, and I think, I don't know now, I may end up going down the news route and being a news reporter, which still means 
that I get to do the stories and probably even bigger stories. It's just because I've never really been a serious person. I love to have a laugh and a joke. I was thinking, could you imagine if I was doing breaking news? I mean, I find it really hard to be serious. Yeah. And I just think that I've got a smile on my face and you're doing breaking news. And, you know, I think I never see myself as a news reporter because I don't really like to be serious. So, but I think news is a really good place to be because you can make that change. You can bring lots of news stories that aren't always negative. And, and actually it's a really good thing to be able to do. I mean, if you're doing news, you're bringing that news to your audience, right? So you're, you're, you know what's going on and you know what's coming up. It's just good to have that knowledge. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't. I mean, I, I would love to be able to do some lifestyle entertainment stuff because that's me, that's my personality. But maybe I should be pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And news is something that I find really hard. I don't really understand how it comes together. But then that, you know what, we're always learning. And I should really try to do that because it's good to be able to do everything. Like you, you could do your own content, you produce it, you do everything. And I think, you know, I should be able to do all of that rather than thinking, oh, I don't want to do this because it's just being in our comfort zone, which we shouldn't really do. We should always challenge ourselves and learn to do new things. Yeah, definitely. I think the... I think that is life, isn't it? There's always constant involvement, constant. I mean, you can, you can fall into a comfort zone. And yeah. that's almost like your mind telling you, don't do that painful stuff because you're, you're, you're happier there. But actually what you know is that you have more potential to do that difficult stuff and carry on and, and, and carry that journey on. So I think one of the misconceptions are is, is that, you know, people on TV just read from a script and stuff and they don't really know what it is. But I know that, that, that if you're a journalist, if you're a news reporter, you have to be part of the writing and understand it and maybe part of even gathering the information. What's involved? Like, yeah, let me tell you, right, I realise that. that it, forget that BBC do auto-cue, right? They definitely do. I mean, I'm sure that the news reporters there, yes, they do need to know the story and they are journalists. Yes. But it's a bit easier at the BBC. Now, I realise this. BBC is still hard to be to be that six o'clock, you know, Sophie Raworth or George Algaia, you know, that, that kind of presenter that sits there. It is hard work because you know, you've got a gallery that have to guide you when you're going to cut to the next story. And yes, they do have an auto cue, but they need to know the story because if that, if something fails, they, so they do, they, they will come in before they'll read the story. They will rewrite it. They'll rewrite their cues. Um, but BBC is a bit more, I think, softer sky news. Oh my God. I spent two weeks there. Right. And I just looked knackered by the end of it. You know what? Hats off to Sky News. The journalists there, they do everything themselves. They will, I mean, they have stories, but they do find their stories. They write their cues, they edit it. I remember speaking to, so when I was speaking to Gillian, she was telling me about how one time she had, I think she had just come over to Sky News from the BBC and she was, you know, she was doing her normal reading the news and in her ear, they said, there's a breaking news story. And she's thinking, okay, what is that story? Still, she's carrying on reading other stories. And then luckily somebody said, somebody said, has anyone told Gillian what the breaking news story is? But she goes, Min, you know that, that feeling? She goes, I felt my heart was going to come out of like, you know, my chest. She goes, I felt I was really getting, and she goes, it's hard work. She said it herself. She, she said, when I was at BBC, it was a holiday coming to Sky News. If you can do Sky News, she said, you can work anywhere. And I think that's when I thought, Oh my gosh, it is. It's hard work. You have to do everything. As a journalist, you need to understand the story. You need to know when you're doing the live. So Sky do a lot of lives where they'll have a correspondent in the um, in the office in the building, and then you'll have the news reporter asking. 
that correspondent does not know what questions they're going to get asked. So there's been times that the people on the other end have asked something and they may not know the answer, but that is such a skill that they turn around and say, well, what I do know is I said, I'll turn around and be like, hold on one minute. I don't know. (laughs) Let me just go back and let me go and find out. It's really hard work. It's not just auto. I mean, it might've been back in the day, it is hard work to be a journalist. You have to do a lot of the work yourself and you know, you don't just get given a producer who does everything for you. Yeah, producers help. But Sky News, I definitely think if you can work there, you can work anywhere because it's a brilliant place to craft your whole skills and become a brilliant journalist and really challenge yourself. And I think that's why I thought, oh, do you know what? Actually, that is what I want to do because I don't want to be this person that's lazy, a lazy journalist. Yes. You want to be somebody who can do everything yourself because if you can do it yourself and you can learn the hard way, you could go off and go and do your stories yourself. You don't need the media to give you a yeah. platform because if you're a good enough journalist and you know how to plug it, your story is going to get sold anyway, right? So yeah, it's, it's very hard work and it's long hours. It's about 10 hour shifts. Um, you never know when a breaking news story is going to happen. You may get sent there. You may get no information. You may get some information. You've got to read and understand everything. And then you're going to go live. You need to remember everything. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard. Nice. It's a lot of work. I had so I'm doing a part-time MBA at the moment, and it's an executive MBA. And we had this module um, called pre- present- presentation skills because it said, look, if you're going to be a leader, you need to know how to deal with presentations. But not only that, we then had a module on crisis management. And we had an opportunity where one day they invited some journalists or freelance journalists. And we had an opportunity to be interviewed in front of the whole class, um, like like a, on a topic you choose. And the, and I put my hand up, I thought, right, you've got to do painful things to do this. And the, the journalist guy goes, right, what level do you want of hard from zero to 10? And I said, go with eight. And I, I was talking about charity reserves yeah. and about managing them. And and I was just like, oh, it was the most toughest thing ever because he was like, so are you saying this? Did you say that? But what about this? Are you saying charities are not spending their money? Properly? You know, he went off a tangent. And the whole thing was to learn how to adapt and and put the conversation back in line and how to put, you know, how to take control of it. So I'm just thinking that was just one experience of being interviewed on something you knew about, but imagine being on live TV at the same time, a news story, you need to know ins and outs of a guest and how, if that goes wrong, how do you handle that? You know, you've, you've seen so many things on YouTube where, you know, interviewers and journalists have been come up with a tough candidate and they've asked something and they, they want to cause trouble on something on live TV. You know, it's, it's just so tense. It's very, very stressful, isn't it? It really is. And and obviously, if it's live, you need to know how you're going to answer that question because you never know what question they're going to ask. So that's the thing. You know, you they could tell you this is the... So we will never, as um, at BBC and Sky News, we'll never tell our guests question for question what we're going to ask because it just doesn't work like that. We'll give you an idea. But on the day, depending on who that person is, if they ask you something and you don't, you know, you don't know the answer, you just don't know what they're going to ask. And on the news, I mean, I I think, yeah, I I say hats off to the news presenters. You know what? They work hard and they do a good job. And actually they're sitting there because they deserve it. It's not easy. And I'm saying that myself because 
even I find it hard and I'm not even nowhere near being a fully fledged journalist. I'm more of a features person, you know, easy stuff. I can do the easy talk of just talking to people, but news is hard because mm. you've got to know the ins and outs of that story, but you don't just need to know that story. You've got to know the bigger picture. You know, they might ask you something on stats. They might ask you something on, it could be anything, but you've got to know that. So it's hard work. It is really hard work. But it's a, you know what? It's a very re- rewarding job to be in because you're so clued up with what is going on. I mean, what a fantastic role to be in, to know the news and what's coming up and what's not even coming up, you know, because you've got to be a very creative person and you've got to be very determined and have that perseverance to keep going as well. Wow. So it's a good, good, good goal to have. Very, uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely. So I wish you all the well with that. Oh, thank you. So I wanted to touch on some of the stuff around the news stories and documentaries you've done around the Sikh community um, and probably your experience at Sikh Channel as well. So I know you covered topics like divorce and and other community type of issues. What, what was the response from the community? Because I know, like we talked earlier, you know, it's challenging to have these conversations. And I think even in, in the documentaries, you know, you, you had people who, who said like, you know, far left comments, right? You're divorced. You're divorced. That's it. You're you're yeah. hung up to dry and stuff. You know, yeah. and it's and that's the reality of it because we yeah. hear this stuff. We just don't expose it. So how has it how has it been? How's that journey been? And has it got a bit better engaging with our own community talking about? Yeah. It, um, when I first got divorced, it was so hard. I mean, that I shared this in my story. I did go to the Gurdwara and that same uncle now says a completely different story. You know, when I went in, he said, oh, there's four boys here. Mm. They're divorced. They're the only four you can meet. And I remember a friend of mine was with me at the time and she, she had a go at him. She goes, uncle, why is it that you've got four folders here? She's going to pay the fee to register. Let her see whoever she wants. Why are you making the decision? But it's because that just shows how divorce was. They don't want to know and they don't want to know you. Yeah, it was horrible. Look, I'm going to the Godwara, right? The one place where our Guru Nanak Devji, right through to Guru Gobind Singh Ji, don't judge anyone. And they, yeah, you don't make your own community feel unwelcome in their, in God's home. Mm. And that happened to me, right? And my friend was there and this happened for years. Do you know what? I reckon for the first, probably up until 2015, 2000. Yeah, I know. Do you know what? Probably till up until 2015, 16, when more and more people were getting divorced. And it was horrible because I feel for that five or six years, I didn't even really want to go and meet anyone. And and I had to be very careful who I would go and meet because if somebody, you know, had mixed views. I had friends saying to me, don't tell people you're divorced. And I thought, do you know what? I just can't lie. I can't lie. And then I had friends who were, who had gone for a divorce and they wouldn't tell people. And then when they did tell them, they didn't want to know them. So I thought, you know, I was really stuck between, yeah, you want to tell the truth. I'm not going to lie, but shall I tell you, it was so bad in our community, right? Now I'm saying this because I was looking for, uh, obviously looking for a guy, yeah. I'm sure guys felt the same with women, but you know some of the stuff that guys would say who now have either got a sister divorced Mm. or either have gone for a divorce themselves. I I really believe, you know what, we should never say nothing to anybody that, yeah, if you wouldn't say it to yourself, yeah, and you know that it's not a good thing, don't say it to anybody else because they now have gone through that and they know how, and, and I look at these people and I think, you know, where is it that we actually kind of are following a guru's message? Are we following, are we not? And then now, obviously in the last, say, what, four years, it has changed. I mean, because it has to change. change yeah. yeah, right. What can the uncle at the Godwara say now? Because it was funny. I um, I went back to the Godwara. I think probably about 
well, maybe when I did my divorce story or before then, I can't remember. And I was chatting to the uncle and I was doing a radio piece. And I said, Uncle G, could I do an interview with you? And he said, oh, yeah, he goes, fine, but I'm not going to say this on air on, on the radio. And do you know what he said? He goes, on that divorce like you know it does happen but it's not the girl's fault it could be the boys because his his whole thing was to, my mum was standing there was totally different and I felt like saying to him uncle G I'm the same person that came in and you would only show me four boys now he was sticking up he was sticking up for the girls actually it's not always there you know it's not always them and what can we do and you know we shouldn't judge anyone he was saying all of that and that's, this was the same uncle that said you can only meet these four boys so it has changed, but it's changed because every household has got a story to tell. Every household either has a divorced person in the house or they know somebody who's gone through a divorce. And I think even with COVID, it's got even worse because people mm. that are home stuck with their partners or people that have married somebody because their parents have told them to marry them. People are realizing that, you know what, I don't want to be with this person. So it's changed a lot now. And I know when I shared my story, you know, I had a lot of the organizations saying to me, oh, you shouldn't have put the title in there about, you know, Sikh men don't want me. But what makes me laugh is if I had put in there Punjabi men, I'm, I don't class myself as Punjabi, I'm Sikh looking for a Sikh man. Yes. If it was a positive story and I hadn't put Sikh in there, they would have said, well, why didn't you put Sikh, right? And because it was a negative, for them it was a negative. They didn't look at it like, actually, she's highlighting her story. Yeah. Let's help her. Let's um, try and get the community to address divorce. But this is why, do you know what? This is why I don't associate myself with Sikh organisations. They don't help me to get close to my guru. If My dad's always said this, right? When they grew up, when my parents grew up, they didn't have, I'm not being rude, they didn't have like, they didn't go to Babbe or they didn't go to people. They went to the Guru Granth Sahib Ji. Our Guru tells us, go to the Guru Granth Sahib Ji. Okay, we might not understand it, but there are bits you can definitely take away. You'll learn. Oh, yeah. Right, you can, Hannah. And if you interpret like Guru Bani, it's all about, like Guru Bani is all about love, being kind, being caring, do your part, meditate. It's quite simple what the message is. And there's a lot, obviously there's a lot more to the Guru Granth Sahib Ji that we could learn. But I just feel... I don't need organizations to validate my work. So when I got that backlash, and it was only really 5%, I couldn't believe the number of women and men. There were some really nice men who reached out and said, look, Min, we understand it is harder for women, but do you know what? We've had a problem. And I said, yeah, fair enough. I understand. Like, share your story. And they wouldn't. Nobody would come forward. But there were a lot of men that were actually really, really nice and said, look, we know it's harder for women. It actually is harder for women, but it is hard for us. So... That 5% of backlash that I got, I just thought, do you know what? This is, it made me even more determined to do even more controversial stories because I thought, you know what? I don't want to be liked by everyone. I don't want everyone to say, oh, wow, this is because there's a problem there. Yeah, nothing is perfect. And if we're going to pretend as a community that we're so amazing, look, let's go back to our guru's times. Mm. Their own children used to not would not support some of our gurus had problems with their own children yeah, right okay, yeah, they didn't hide it and if they did hide it how can we know about it so i have this conversation with my mum and dad all the time our gurus didn't hide it all they said was look you don't be bad people you do your good this has happened but live in the hukam our gurus would put themselves at the like at the bottom of the bottom they never thought we're amazing yet they were amazing is not even the right word they were just i am speechless i have no word to describe our gurus were just the top of the top right i don't see anybody today who i look at and i think oh do you know what actually that I, I don't see it i see it more in people 
who are kind and caring, like yourself, like other people who want to give back. For me, that's my sangat, the people like yourself and others who, who think, do you know what I want to give back? That is my sangat. They are people that I think they are following the messages of Guru Nanak Dev Ji because you're kind and you're caring. And that and this is where in our community we get lost with, oh, let's either become really militant or let's become like let's make people feel they don't know. I don't need someone to tell me that I'm not doing the right thing or I'm not doing X amount of bad or I'm not you know what, if you're a good person and you're helping people and you're kind. That's all I need to know. I know we're all going to go to Thalamraj. Let Thalamraj tell me what I did right or wrong. I don't need you to tell me. And this is why, from my story, I think I just looked at the community in a very different way. The negative, like the negative side of the community, where which was only really 5%, where I thought, do you know what? I don't really want to be in these circles. I'm going to carry on doing the stories. Because the positive response were those people who had gone through it and had said, Min, you know, this has happened to me. And... I'm so glad you shared your story. I've been through it, you know, and that's when I thought, oh my God, I'm so glad because I didn't know there was that many people suffering in silence. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, look, look how bad divorce is. Come on. You know this, right? Like from before, as in we know in our community, we do judge people. Not now, maybe not, but we have done it. I mean, people don't know this about me and my wife as well we're we this is both our second marriage so we've both been divorced before she's born and brought up in india so she's probably even had it even worse in india because they literally openly label people who are divorced and says right you have a limited limited pool of people you just have to accept the bad things in all these people to to get on with your life yeah yeah and i think i guess there's some positivity between us that we've managed to find you know love or whatever you know a, a, a relationship second time around but it's just a journey you know we we go through things and i think the problem is the south asian community there's not just the south asian community it's the pressure on yeah. having to live a certain life what is defined as success to us was right get educated get good grades do these fields because they're very paid well and you get more prospects of marriage because you're a doctor or whatever, whatever you own a business, you know, all of the things that probably shouldn't count. Yeah, count. they do. Exactly. And, then, and then there's a lot of pressure around, well, you know, this is a, this family is really good, whether you get along with the person or not, or actually how much power and influence the family has over you to make the choice for you. And that's not, I guess it's a two way thing because you may not be strong enough to challenge it. Yes. But the influence is stronger than you. Then you decide to then do things because other people, like you say, a lot of people in COVID might have then realized I got stuck in this thing and now I'm, I'm in a marriage that I didn't choose or, you know, the pressure was, or the intentions was by other society pressures. And now I realize that I didn't need to do this or I could have <laughs> taken longer or I could have made my own choice. You know, see what I mean? There's so many things, but there's nothing wrong with you doing that instead of leading a miserable life for you and the family that you're in. You see what I mean? It's sometimes it's that, it's a difficult gray space, but our community hasn't really helped the situation. And I guess there was a generation time where people just said, right, pop black, yeah, that person, <laughs> get married to that person, you'll see them on the day. It's yeah. happened and yeah. it works. And other people made it work, you know? I know there has been difficulty where people have been enduring domestic violence throughout the whole life. Exactly. Just because of the shame thing. Yeah. And just been that way. So it's such a, it's a, there's so many people suffering with it. I know, I know. And like you say, with the 5%, you know, the, one of the things that remind, remember, reminds me of this was, do you remember Gurinda Chadda did a theatre production about, it was called Beersti, and it was about sexual abuse that happens yes. in the Gurdwara. Oh my God, can you believe that's 5% whatever the word? 
threw stones at the theater. It was news and the, the production got stopped. And I'm like, hmm, that it, happens. It happens, yeah, I it know. It happens. There's, know. there's cases now where, you know, people much more openly say, right, this happened in the good world. I know. It's a reality. But those, the, the minority do so much to protect their it Exactly. Rather than talk about this openly and address the problem. This is it. Exactly. Because it's like, carry on. It's, I feel like they're saying, Goina, Kavijo. It's but almost like what, it, what they're doing is protecting the perpetrators. Yeah, that's it. Not helping the victims. No. And, and mm. Guru Nanak Devji was about speak the truth. Right? So that's why I think... Protect the people that are vulnerable. Yeah. Know? That's the purpose of what yeah. we, you know, why, why do. We, why were we given arms? I know, I know. Soldiers and help those people who needed protection. Yeah, I know. Instead, because of this reputation thing, is a thing, we almost give them power to the perpetrators. This is it. And you know what? This is why I get a lot of people coming to me with stories, right? And they are in the community and they'll say, and I just, do you know what? I just think, because I live with my parents and, you know, I just, I won't touch them because I just think, I, you know what? I would love to because I, I do, the ones that I do, I do do for that reason. But, you know, it's too much because they, the community do make it difficult for you. Like you're saying about Gorinda Chada, they will literally come to your house and start threatening you. And it's really sad because you're only trying to speak the truth, yeah? But there are stories and we know that they exist and it's wrong. What they're doing is completely wrong. And they're doing it under the banner of Sikhi. It's in the Gurdwara, whether it's charitable organisations. You know, they are doing it and they get away with it. And this is why... Do you know, that's why even with me, I will go to any Gurdwara that I want to go to, right? I won't go specifically to one just because I think I'll go if I want to go. I, I'm quite happy at home. I could do my bath at home. I could do my simran at home. I could do everything that I want to do at home. And even with charitable organizations, I'm very skeptical now because I have had so many people tell me that, you know, this is the kind of stuff that goes on. But then I say, well, it shouldn't be down to me as a journalist to have it on my head. I could take it forward for you. Who's going to come forward? They're not, they're not going to come forward. Do you remember, right? do you remember the Cook Report? <laughs> yeah. That's the Asian version of the yeah. Cook Report. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But people don't remember what the cook report was. Was a, a was it, I don't know what it was. It was a reporter. It was, it was a reporter, yeah. And he just exposed people, like yeah, exactly. scanning people live, like. <laughs> exactly. But I think it's the only way you got to name and shame these people because then they won't do it. You know, yeah. maybe in years to come, hopefully there'll be more of us journalists out there that can stick yeah. to them and make it happen. But I know it's wrong. Do you know what? it's really wrong? We've got so many problems and things going on, but people would rather just say Koina like you said protect the perpetrator and carry mm. on then make a difference but where i can i will try and do the stories that i can where it's a human story and somebody's willing to come forward no one can stop me from doing that so i will but yeah it, there is a problem definitely there is and you know people are being watched i can say that much they definitely yeah, are by lots of people it is, it is. And, it's, and it's it's yeah i guess the the power will be lost because now the power is in not just a few people who create a website or a yeah. media channel or something because it's 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 democratized. Basically, if you've got a smartphone, you can start your own platform, get exactly. the word out, make the change, you know, campaign. It's it's can't it can't be stopped no. effectively. No, you know, exactly. This is it. it. Yeah, yeah. And I think more, the internet more can people... be used for you know the wrong reasons. Yeah. But it can be then used much exactly. more for the best reasons. So yeah. the power is in people's hands, really. It is, so, yeah. it is definitely. So Everybody if you want to become make... campaigners. <laughs> yeah, if you want to make a story, anyone who's really good, go ahead and do it. <laughs> There's nothing to stop you. Exactly. 
really interesting. So was there any other top key topics that stood out for you that you really enjoyed sort of um, covering? Um, yeah. Or, uh, the one that I really enjoyed recently, so I obviously I love my dad skipping seeking, but was the Mendy and uh, mental health. So I, I'm, a, I'm a Mendy artist as well, and it really helped me with my mental health. And at a time of where I was a bit lost and was looking to do something, I learned Mendy and I did it for charity and then I did it for corporates. And it's always been something that I've done on the side. So in COVID, I found three ladies who I know um, and all different ages. One of them was really young and she'd gone through quite a difficult time in her life. And they all spoke about Mendy and how it helped them with their mental health. And I managed to get that onto, that was my first report that I did for BBC South. But what was really good was that I wasn't talking about myself and I had them talking about Mendy and it helped them. And it was just so nice to be able to give like this, one of the girls who was really young, like she's in her twenties and she was just so grateful to be on the BBC. She's at the start of her career. And I, you know, what was really nice. I thought, God, I never had that. And to be able to give that to someone else was just amazing. It was amazing. So they talked about mental health. They talked about how Mendy helped them. Such a lovely piece. It's been translated now and it's gone um, in into India and into five other different places and five different languages. Um, but it was a big story, really, really big story. And so that was one of the ones that I really enjoyed because I didn't really feel it was a new story. I knew these people yes. and it was something I loved. So that was really fun, really, really fun piece that I did. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to mention. I'm glad you mentioned it because I was like, that wouldn't have happened by anybody else. You see what I mean? Yeah. Nobody would have ever ever put Mendy and mental health together. Yeah, you know, that is a prime example of why diversity needs to be put into all aspects of corporate world and news re- reporting and stuff. Because that solely, you know, if you never did that, never had that passion for it, and linked it to mental health. Yeah, you're right. Because I remember I pitched them in the idea and it was different angles, right? And it kept getting rejected. And then the same person who did my dad's story and he said, oh, tell me, he even said to me, because oh, tell me about Mendy. What is it? That's when I realized, actually, these people have no idea. So you've got to tell them and you've got to sell your story to them. So I said, look, I said, you know, when I went for my divorce and I said, actually, I was doing Mendy before, but I went for a really difficult time. I said, it helped me. And then all of a sudden he was interested. He goes, well, how did it help you? So I was telling him, and he goes, oh, well, it's got a smell to it. Oh, blah, blah. And he was really interested. And then he loved it. When he came, he even said, the guy who produced it all, he goes, I wish my daughter was here. She would have loved this. You know, so you are right. It would not have happened. And that's exactly why I want to be able to take these stories forward. And I want people to come to me. I don't want anyone to feel, oh, you know, who do we go to? You know what? Come to me with a story. If I can take it forward, I definitely will. And, you know, I, I will do my best. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not in a place where I can make stories happen. But I will do my best. Honestly, I really want unheard voices, like people like yourself, Abdad, we spoke about this. People like you deserve to be that voice out on the platform. I don't, and this is the other thing, right? I don't want boring people, same old voices, same old charities, same old voices from the Sikh community. I'm not interested yet. I'm interested in those that are like me, that have had to work hard, are giving back and have got, you know, have got great stories to tell, please come to me because your stories I will fight for and do my best to get them on. I don't want the same voices out there because the media are too lazy to go and find anybody else, right? I will do that work and I'll bring them new voices. So please do come forward with any stories. There's so many um, people I'm connecting with as well. So I'm just finding that, you know, it's just the, the world is so rich. The community is so rich. There's so many people in different, different places, but just because no one's reached out to them. Exactly. They don't, they don't, take the initiative to get their voice heard or 
that don't have a portal to do that. So when I have people on the podcast, you know, it creates a wider network. I get to hear different stories and then I can start connecting. I mean, I can push them through to you. You yeah. know, because a lot of these people are working in the mental health space. So they would have a plethora of stories, exactly. you know, galore yeah. and things that they're doing that need to be highlighted. Yeah. From a grassroots place rather than an established organization. You know, the charity, I work in the charity sector. So I see this where the big names are always there splashing about. I know. Winning all the work. And then I'm thinking, right, so I've tried, I've tried to start connecting those grassroots organizations to those big charities to say, yeah. you may win a piece of work to do with, you know, giving South Asian community more mental health. And the NHS isn't geared to understand that community. But here you go. These organizations have created a framework that's worked. They just need some funding. And the problem is those small organizations don't have the capacity to apply for grants. They don't have the level of resource available. So it's like you've got to be that platform to connect the dots and i think i had i had the ceo of seeknet on an episode released last which is about which is which you uh, you might want to listen to because it's about it's called judgment in the seek community oh, so oh, sure. no, i want to listen to that yeah and he was you know obviously he's a he's a white person who's a second yeah, generation yeah 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 growing up in america studied in is it good mustak good mustak yeah, yeah yeah he's brilliant yeah and we were talking about the future of seeknet and he yeah. said, look, we've done 24 years. We've taken it to where it is. It was the first of the first bringing an online platform for Sikhs and sort of sharing issues and news. And he says the, the future is there's so many people doing amazing work in different areas that we almost are trying to bring these organizations together yeah. rather than trying to duplicate the effort. And we've loved doing, we, we as a community love duplicating the effort. That's why we've got so many blimmin' gurdwaras for yeah. different communities. Exactly. Same thing or even charities all doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, but we're just terrible at bringing things together, either because of ego or because of just not knowing what the other person is doing. True. So I think there's a lot of cohesion, cohesive efforts that need to happen because there's just so much amazing work that people are doing. Yeah, this is it. That's the thing. You're right. And there's too many of the organisations that you don't really know what, you, what the other one's doing. And there's too, I, I agree. I think there needs to be a lot of work done around that. And there's lots of voices that should be heard, that should be out there. And there's the other thing around actually... The concept of seva, which is selfless service, it's just not it's just not about making food, cleaning utensils exactly. in the Gurdwara yeah. or doing that stuff. There's so many different versions and ways of doing seva, which what I wanted to do in my podcast was by bringing a number of people from varied areas, showing how they are doing seva in their field. Um, I did a I did a topic on the iceberg model and Guru Nanak. So we see at the top meditation doing all that stuff but the bottom is all the things we don't see them doing project Mm. management you know being very political having conversations and negotiations with people that kings or you know people of influence bringing people together creating community groups creating networks creating roads infrastructure bathing facility you know i mean they would have been involved in all of these things yeah which we have as skills in our day jobs which we can then start using to do server so then you start seeing the diversity in Seva being very, very wide, not yeah. just a niche way of donating money to food or clothes. You know, people do that. That's fine. But let's start spreading out of it. So exactly. let's do that. And I think you're a perfect example of that, where you've used your broadcasting journalism skills to do that Seva concept with your parents. So, Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I'm really glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Hopefully more to come. Yeah, yeah definitely. 
We're ready for the second wave. If the second wave comes, we're prepared already. My mum's going to learn to ride a bike, okay? So watch this yeah. space. All right, cool. Yeah, 69-year-old woman, nearly hitting 70, who's going to learn to ride a bike. Brilliant. Yeah, I think... I mean, before this, right, what do we have? We had four dressing, basically. Yeah, we had four dressing, yeah. And that, that, and that was it. And Milka Singh, who obviously has been doing it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But otherwise, no, there's not been anybody. And there's not been a woman, I don't think, in our community at that age learning to even ride a bike. So I think that would be quite inspiring to get all the cycling. These are all firsts, really. So, yeah. So So we're trying to do something different and creative. But also the main thing is to keep the the community active and fit. Come on, we've got a massive problem with diabetes, blood pressure, cholesterol. The lunga doesn't help. Lunga is fantastic if it was like in India which is dal and folka. Well, it's very funny, right? So I was, I was, um, I interviewed, um, two young ladies, very energetic and, um, creative and entrepreneurial from Sorch Mental Health in Canada. Yeah. I've seen them. And they said, um, they went, they wanted to do a workshop on diabetes and they went to the Gudara and they said, they said the Gandhi said, go talk to those, go talk to those people at the back of the Langar Hall who eat laddu. Yeah. <laughs> that, was the, that was the instruction rather than actually saying, yeah, do a, do exactly. a workshop. <laughs> I know, it's just, they don't realise, do they? They just don't realise that the biggest problem is there's so much food in the Gurdwara. Actually, I think there needs to be a topic on that. I mean, I don't think we'd get anywhere. I wish we would. I wish that we'd have the first Gurdwara who would actually think about people's health and just simplify the lungard yeah just don't you think it's the it's it's another vanity vanity project isn't it because yeah oh that person did a lungard they're gonna say wow we didn't do a good one if we don't have jalebis and gulab jamun and five different sabji and that yeah. you know it's like a competitive thing that whereas is. actually they could just say right if you've got too much money to spend donate it somewhere <laughs> That's it, exactly. Yeah. And all that money they're spending on the lungard, right? Why don't they set up a little mini gym, right? And our people have eaten, they can go for it before, they could do a workout. Yeah. Well, like they're doing at the moment, what I found really good was right, the good has pivoted a lot of them to give that lunger to people who actually deserve it. Yeah. People and do soup kitchens, which actually makes sense because we're almost feeding the Fed, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's good to sit together and eat. That's a good concept. Yeah. But overfeeding is a bit... It, overfeeding is too much, isn't it? Exactly. And I think we do too much of that. <laughs> it's the, that's the, almost like the Punjabi thing. Yeah. It is you, the Punjabi you've got thing. To be, you've got to have be stuffed before you, you, know, you leave this place. Exactly. This is, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So um, I usually get people to give advice to people who are early in their careers, students. Okay. You know, how, what lessons have you learned? Um, what advice can you give to them to, yeah. to probably have a head start than what you had at that time to, to make the most of their career in broadcasting or journalism? Yeah, so my advice is, you know, if you have an interest in broadcasting or journalism, then start doing something about it now. And that could be finding any story. You know, if you're somebody who likes writing, start writing, have a blog, um, speak to people, write your own blog. It could be something you see, something you're interested in. If you have a specialism, right, you are more than likely to get that break quicker, I think. So journalism now is more about people who have a specialism. So that could be history, it could be science, it could be about traveling, it could be food, it could be anything really. If you've got that one specialism, try to maybe write about that, find stories around that. Don't be too niche. With me, I am, I'm trying to do seek stories. That doesn't really help me. It's probably going to take me much longer. So, you know, it's, it's about doing it now. If you're somebody who likes to do digital content, start filming, start. So, you know, your content can really go out now. So just, 
you know, start working on it now, build a portfolio and look at the things that other people are not doing. So if you think there's a gap out there and there could be more done around something and it starts really from what you're passionate about, start doing that and getting that content out there. And then, you know, it's just all about hashtagging the right people. So being on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and, and just getting it out there, you know, and tagging the right people so people see your work. And then if you're interested in work experience, contact people like the BBC or ITV, Channel 4, Sky. I would personally, I think, I mean, out of my two experiences, I think Sky is a brilliant place to work. And in fact, I can actually send you the details of this. There is an open day coming up for them for 16 to 20. 24 year olds or something like that I haven't got it on me right now but I can send you Sky doing an open day for people to come you know come in and that's a really young age to start so you know look at these broadcasters contact them because I never did you know there's so many out there now and look beyond ITV Channel 4 Channel 5 Sky BBC look beyond that because there are so many other platforms like Vice um, BuzzFeed there is so much out there and the world is your oyster, right? As my mum also says, the sky is the limit. Yes. Honestly, start now. Don't leave it because I left it too late. I thought about it at the age of 37, 38, 37, um, which was too late. So I think, and, and actually, no, it's not It's not too late. late. Yeah, it's never too late. But I feel it was probably too late for me. But you're right, it's never too late. To be a journalist, it's actually a good thing if you have a career change. But for those that are interested do it now, honestly, because journalism and writing stories, it's not hard. And if people tell you along the way, oh, you've got to have this or you've got to have that, I don't believe that. You know what? I believe the world is full of so many stories and it takes one story. My dad's, look, it wasn't planned. It was skipping. Come on, 73. It was just the right time, the right place. Yes. And it traveled. You know, So that's all you really need to do is, is start doing it now and not give up. If you're determined, keep going. If it's something you really want, don't give up knock on those doors knock those doors down and refuse don't take that no like as an answer refuse keep going and we need diversity so you know get yourself out there get yourself recognized and show people that you can do it and show people what you can bring because you know we need we need good talent we need good people you just got to keep going you know and our faith in itself if if you know for those that are Sikh our faith in itself says, you know, we should never give up. God helps those who help themselves. So that's all you've got to do because that's all I did. And my faith, my faith, literally, I, I say thank you to my faith because that's the only reason why I am where I am. It's not because of me. It's because my faith has helped me and that's my strength. And that's the biggest thing. And, that, and my parents. Beautiful. I'm sure a lot of people are going to benefit from that pep talk. They need it. I think one of the things I found was don't aim for perfection as well. Just get your yeah. work out there because feedback and having it out there would naturally give you more, you know, it will, it will, A, get people resonate with you, will connect with you. Yeah. And people who don't will actually help you to develop and, you know, and reach out to people. I think mentoring is such an untapped market. Yes. People are, people just think, oh no, they're too busy. They'll never accept me or, but it's how you approach them. Yeah. I talked to an occupational psychologist a couple of, an episode that's got to be released. Um, and, and we were talking about the same thing, you know, mentoring, how, you know, it's not how to ask somebody, how to research it. You don't just ask and say, can you mentor me? It's got to be specific. Yeah. Why? What have you done? What do you need to do, be done? Why me? You know, so it's got to look serious and stuff. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. A mentor is really good to have. And the uniqueness, I think, is um, something, you know, we've maybe numbed down some of our roots to fit in. Yes. I know one of the things I really found really, really good 
in that faith and belief forum and other places as well you've authentically said things that we would say to other Sikhs yeah. to non-Sikhs yeah. you know why should we have to change the language why can't we say seva why can't we say gudware why can't you know why do we have to say temple it's not exactly. a temple you know we've had to change our language so we've almost got to embrace or re-embrace our roots really and be proud yeah. of them rather than have other people take it up and being proud of them for exactly. us <laughs> that's it you know what it's that thing of let's not feel that we need to fit in because i'm sorry yeah we really don't you just need to be you be you yeah. be your authentic no you authentic you as they say you know be you and be that authentic you because that is so important more than anything else is to be you because if you try to be somebody else eventually that's gonna break down and people are gonna see who you really are so i think be who you want only do things that you're really passionate about don't you know, don't go and think if you're not interested, like, for example, like for me, I'm, I'm interested in communities and culture. I don't think I'm a news reporter. Yeah, I'll give it a go. But if it's really not you, I think don't do something that really is not you. Just do what brings out the best in you because times have changed now. And you're right about perfection. You, no one is, a. I don't think anyone There's is. There's no such thing as perfection anyway, because everything no. can exactly. be improved. Exactly. Generation and generation means the old ideas go yeah so they're never perfect in the first place no, exactly. perfect for that time probably but this is it. there's always something better you can do yeah and i think you know rejection this is the other thing right i've had so many rejections from work and you know even like even trying to meet someone right having rejections because i'm divorced i think that should make people feel much stronger in themselves that's a learning curve you learn from it because if they rejected you it doesn't mean that you're not good enough it just means the opportunity wasn't for you there's so many more out there i don't now worry i think if i've gone for a job opportunity i don't worry about it if i get it i get it if i don't there's something else out there and i think if you put that you have that attitude in life you'll always attract the positive things and the right thing for you will come because it definitely will there's always the right opportunity out there for you have faith have belief and be strong and positive because you know good things come to good people yeah a uh, quote i read somewhere was be you because all the other roles are taken I'll yeah just... <laughs> they are exactly <laughs> i know <laughs> so you've got no choice so embrace exactly, it that's it just be who you are and be real and true to yourself and, and, and i agree that the you know whether it's a rejection in finding a partner or a job or something it's not a one-way thing no you walk in i mean most of the time and it took me a while to figure this out right because so most of my career i've walked in desperately wanting the job yeah for the wrong reasons right? yeah and then i switched my mind and said actually no this is an interview for you as well for me to see if i fit if you fit what i want exactly you're doing the same thing to me and then the power le power structure changes because it doesn't it's not a a win lose thing it's no. a, it's this wasn't for me that's it that's it and sometimes you really want something but you you might there's something going on back that's beyond just technical and capabilities yeah. and sometimes it's just not the right people that you want to work with anyway it's so true cuz you know what that that is very true so i when i went to sky I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is so hard. I'm yeah. not used to this. You probably had preconceptions as well. Yeah, what I did. Made for Sky. I, I did. Because I thought being at the BBC, you know, I loved it. I love the BBC because they do so much there. I don't know there's so many options there. It's not just news. And I haven't done news at the BBC. I've only done features. So I went in with the attitude of, oh, I'm a features person. Oh, I don't want to do news. Oh, this is really boring. But you know, when I spoke to the editors there, right, two of them, you know what was so lovely about them that change and even the people at sky right every single one of them said to me 
news is not hard, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And you're giving up before even trying. And so then when they said that to me, they said, look, we will tell you, if you're not a fit here, we will tell you, but don't, you're, you've not even given it a shot. Yes. And on the last day that I left, like when I finished there, because I'll, I'll go back there in September now, yes. when I finished, I felt a completely different, I actually now really want to work for Sky. And look, I went in thinking, oh my God, this is not for me. The whole time I was feeling like that. And on the last day, I got a really good story. I had a guest lined up and my whole attitude was just completely different because every single person there wants you to succeed. And I think that is an organization that I want to work for. It might be hard work, but it doesn't matter because they want you to succeed. They believe in you that you can do it and they care. And so you are right. That is the whole thing. When you go for an interview, whereas I would always constantly think, oh, I want to be at the BBC. Do you know what? If people ask me now, yes, yeah, fine, I'll do my stuff for the BBC, but it does not matter. Sky, BBC, ITV, Channel 4, you know what? They're all the same. Not everybody watches the BBC. Not everyone watches Sky. But it's where you fit and where they believe in you and where you know you could take your stories. And to, to be honest, I want to be in an organisation that believes in me and cares and supports me rather than being in an organization that just because it's been around the longest, just because it's very much British, just because they, I don't want to be there because they, they're actually, if there's no support there for me and I don't fit in, I'm not really going to keep trying and knocking on that door. I'll knock on the other doors where they care and I'll break those doors down and make sure that, you know, that I get that break that I want and I, I will continue to keep going. It's like, um, it's almost, it's like creating a win-win situation, isn't it? For them and you. Yeah. You are confident in your capabilities and skills. That's why you apply for these jobs. Exactly. They employ you because they know that you have the capability and skills to become. Yeah. Not from day one, but you develop. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Once you get that relationship, it just like whoosh, soars. Yeah, it does. And you just gotta, you just gotta get rid of all your insecurities and just go. Yeah. For it. Not, not overthink what other people are doing because everybody's made a mistake. You know, we we see the iceberg thing, don't we? We see, well, yeah. well they've got there, and they, you know, see all the, the trials and tribulations that everybody goes through anyway. Um, brilliant it's been an absolute pleasure Min Minreed so uh, I think we can probably talk for hours because there's so many things to talk yeah, about yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> so gonna, I don't want to eat into all of your Sunday oh um, no but it's been a pleasure to talk to you you're, do you know what you're so humble and just down to earth you and your family are just lovely like really lovely people <laughs> thank you the great work <laughs> thank you appreciate it yeah we'll have to meet up sometime definitely uh, and um, uh, it'll, be, it'll be an honour to meet your dad do some oh yeah definitely as well do. Yeah, we'll have to definitely do some skipping and roti together, masala chai, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But yeah, it'll be, be a pleasure to catch up with you again on the podcast sometime. Definitely. If you want to celebrate a, a, a milestone, you know, when you become that news broadcaster oh, or something. Yeah. Thank you. Or, or want to bring up uh, a, a, a topic or a documentary or anything okay. that you're working on. It'd be, you're most welcome. Um, oh, it's been an absolute pleasure i really appreciate that no thank you I really do it's been it's been amazing i just can't believe how quick time flies so thank you for having me and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story and i hope it inspires other people and if anyone wants to reach out you know more than happy for them to i can give you my contact details you can add it on to the yeah, end. yeah. That'd, be, that'd be that'd be brilliant so yeah, yeah i'll put that all those details in the episode details okay. and if you let me know of any other programs like the sky one for graduates or or any yeah learning or things okay. guides that, that we could give to people yeah. to get into this, this area which i can imagine there are probably more people that want to get into this definitely you know like you mentioned about digital platforms you know, yes people create people created their own effectively by being on instagram or twitter they've got their own brand so maybe they want to take that 
and do something further exactly this is it that's it i'll send you the sky details actually because that's coming up i'll send it to you on whatsapp and then you can share it on you know with other people to let them know when the open day is because that that would be brilliant brilliant it's been a pleasure and um take care we'll keep in touch yeah take care and you enjoy the rest of your sunday and you have a good sunday stay blessed take care bye-bye bye Thank you for listening to the Seek Coach podcast. If you found this episode valuable, do share with your friends and family and do give us feedback. You can email us at theseekcoach@gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Just search the Seek Coach podcast and follow us on Instagram at theseekcoach. Thank you for listening. Stay blessed.